Prepare to Attack is a collaboration between Mash Those Buttons, Wawa's Bootcamp, and Mayhem.gg. Visit MashThoseButtons.com to learn more about our shows. Visit Wawa's Bootcamp on Discord to get coaching on your favorite Overwatch characters. Visit Mayhem.gg for live coaching streams and VODs. Hello and welcome to Prepare to Attack, a podcast series that aims to improve your understanding of Overwatch and its characters. Today we are talking about Farah. Play nice, play Farah. I am your host, Blazed Bob, also known as Bob Schisler, and I'm joined today by a coach from Wawa's boot camp, Solarius. What's up, Solarius? Um, I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on the show. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Why don't you uh, give a little background, whatever you want to talk about, like maybe, uh, you know, where you started gaming, where you started ELO wise here, how you got to Wawa's, whatever you want to say. Um, well, I started gaming at a pretty early age and then I got into competitive gaming most recently with League of Legends a few years ago. I- I'd been playing League of Legends for quite some time, getting kind of tired of the game when Overwatch came out. And, you know, as soon as I played the open beta of that game, uh, the first week it was out, open to the pl- public, I just absolutely loved it. And I've been playing it ever since. I fell in love with Farrah, especially. Uh, her character, she's, I've consistently played her either the second most or most every season. And from that, I just um, developed a real skill for her. Uh, so at some point, I hit Grandmaster, and I was, I was qualified to be a coach for Wawa's Bootcamp. That's awesome. Yeah, so just out of curiosity, season two, the first time they had... Uh, they had the actually gold and plat and all that. What did you place at? I believe I placed a diamond. Oh, sorry. Nice. I believe I placed a plat and then climbed up to diamond. Climbed up to diamond. Nice, nice. Yeah, we've had some coaches on that started in gold, so I was just curious. All right, well, let's move into the character overview. Uh, she is a projectile character. Her weapons and abilities are... The rocket launcher, that's her weapon. It's projectile. She has the hover jets, which basically suspend her in the air. We have the jump jet, which is a fast, a fast hover jet, like a like a nitro boosted one. And then we've got the concussive blast, which is a shot that comes from her gun but does not do any damage. It just uh, does knockback. Her ultimate is the 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 barrage. So why don't we just move right into talking about the the basic goals of Farah? Right. So Farah, obviously, being a DPS character, your damage is to do uh, as much DPS, or sorry, your goal is to do as much DPS as possible. I believe that Farah has a really high potential um, at all parts of uh, her kit to deal as much damage as possible. Um, whereas sometimes you might uh, have a character like Genji, for example, where you do a little damage here and there, and maybe get picks here and there. The main source of Genji's damage comes from uh, his blade when you blade in and attack the enemy. But uh, when you're talking about a character like Farah, her rockets consistently do an insane amount of damage. So every direct hit 120 damage 
which is the same amount I believe that uh, Genji's ultimate does. And that would be, yeah, that would be kind of her playstyle is the main source of your damage comes through rockets and you're consistently doing damage all the time. Uh, so the goal is to kill as, get as many picks as you can and be able to provide this consistent level of damage for your team. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, let's bust right into her weapon. Her weapon's the rocket launcher. It's a linear splash projectile. The direct hit damage is 120. The splash damage is 80. The splash, uh, the splash maximum damage is 80. The splash minimum damage is 20. And the damage to yourself if you get hit with the splash is 40. The rate of fire is 1.1 round per second. The projectile speed is 35 meters per second. The area of effect on the rocket explosion is 2.5 meter radius. The ammo is 6. The reload time is 1 second, so it's pretty fast. And question for you, can you headshot? I'm, I wasn't uh, no, sure. No, you cannot actually headshot um, with the directed rocket. Gotcha. Well, why don't you tell us how to use it of, of effectively? Well, Farrah's rocket launcher, um, again, you have to use this in tandem with uh, the rest of her playstyle. Um, like given her hover jets, especially, that's going to be the greatest tool for you. You need to be using your movement and your uh, shooting in conjunction. But talking about the rocket launcher in specific, of course, you're going to want, want to maximize as many direct hits as possible. So what does that mean in terms of movement? How do you get as many direct hits as possible to maximize your damage? Well, you want to be as close to the enemy as possible because the closer you are to the enemy, the easier it is to be able to hit these direct hits. The farther the enemy away is from you, it's more variable and very difficult to predict their movement from such a, such a far range. So what I, I recommend fair players do, and what I don't see them a lot usually when I'm coaching them, is when players will tend to sort of come back at a distance and fire from a distance, these projectiles, and they have a long travel time. Uh, so because of the projectile, it takes a long time to get there. The enemy can see it coming. It's very easy to react to and dodge. But as a Farah, what you really should be doing is actually diving on top of the enemy and being as close as possible without damaging yourself. Being as close enough that you can track their movement so that you can predict where they're going to go, but also close enough that they have no time to dodge your rockets. And that that's the most effective way to use a Ferris rocket launcher where even though it has this amazing range and zero damage fall off, you might think it's efficient to use a long range, but the maximum efficiency you can actually draw from it is uh, at a very close range. That's, that's very in, interesting that you say that because I always try and get pretty close and I always feel like I'm doing it wrong, but I feel like I just can't do much from a long, from a long distance. But I guess if you're playing at a lower elo, you could probably get away with being a little further away because I don't know. I, I just I just remember being at a low elo and the fares that were too far off, like your 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 soldier could never kill them, especially if they had mercy. And then your team just you know it's not like grandmaster where your team actually hides behind walls they're just sitting there getting popped with the rockets over and over again you know so i always felt i was doing it wrong when i was getting close but you're saying that you should get close huh? yeah absolutely um so at a higher as you as you climb higher and higher in elo uh the hit scans become very like progressively better and you can definitely feel the impact of how much damage they're doing and how the accuracy they have as you rise up in rating and the ability of them to punish you if you're just kind of floating around in the air uh, becomes really hard. So now, now you have to start to think, well, how can I play around this 
if I don't want to switch to another character, if I want to actually try and counter the hitscan with a Farah. And uh, honestly, I think that playing against hitscan is not a death sentence for you if you're a Farah at all. But the, the main goal is to reduce the amount of time that they are able to shoot you. And what that means is using these really high mobility abilities like Concussive Blast and um, Jump Jet to rocket yourself towards them very quickly and then be, be up in their face to a point where you're very difficult to track. The, there's, there was a po- post on the um, competitive Overwatch subreddit recently that describes that the most efficient way to, to track an opponent is to be at the maximum range away from them while also being able to, for hitscan characters, sorry, the maximum range away from them before damage falloff starts to kick in. So uh, uh, when you're playing Soldier, at a certain point, yes. your damage falloff starts to kick in. And the best way to track opponents from that range is to be, be close enough to them that damage falloff doesn't kick in, but long enough from them that um, long enough from them that you're able to track them. It, it becomes easier to track them as you're farther away, but you don't want to be so far away that damage falloff starts to kick in. So what this means for Farah is when you're playing against a hitscan and they're trying to track you, if you're right up in their face, it's very, very difficult for them to track you. Whereas if you're kind of out in the air open, and I see Farah's doing this a lot, especially low elo, is when you want to just be exposed like that, um, that that's not efficient for you because these the hitscans will start firing left and right and be able to take you out of the sky really easy. So the most uh, effective attack approach is to actually start off in cover always. I, I always say that you should minimize the amount of time you're in the air unless you're actively in the process of killing your, your opponent. And so you want to be in cover uh, for as long as you need before you launch your attack. Once you launch your attack, use your concussive blast in tandem with your uh, jump jets to dive directly onto the soldier minimize the distance between you and him so it's very hard for him for him to track you and then just one two two direct hits he's gone or a direct hit and splash uh splash damage maximum 80 that's still 200 hp he's gone gotcha gotcha um one thing before we move on and we start really uh diving into the jets and the jump jet and all of that um i know it might sound obvious but it might not be to our listeners and i know i've played with people in gold that it was not obvious do said she's projectile what are some good strategies on how to lead your 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 shots because i think half the time new players don't even realize they need to lead well honestly it's uh, mostly about an intuitive kind of learning about uh the you know a lot of different factors like the speed at which fair moves the speed at which your opponents move um the kind of abilities they have to dodge your rockets uh the projectile speed of the rocket itself um, the distance you are from the enemy, these are all factors that kind of you have to think about. But the more you practice them, the more they start to become intuitive knowledge and less about actively thinking where you need to put the rocket. And what I what I did a lot to help this was go into bots and I, I would practice shooting at the box, bots that are just walking um, left and right from my perspective. So I'd be, I'd be looking at them and they'd be uh, walking left and right from my perspective. And I would be leading my shots and just practicing at different distances um, the, the rocket speed and you start to get a real sense for it. And then you can hit, um, you start to hit some more and more and more. And then eventually you're able to hit from like super far away with a very good accuracy because you just understand the, um, projectile speed of Ferris rockets and the speed of the characters that are walking. Um, so most of it, yeah, definitely most of it does come down to practice just in, in any kind of game, what the things you work on first, those eventually, uh, once you actually understand them, they become intuitive knowledge. Then you don't think about them anymore. Then you focus on other things to improve. I think, uh, yeah, I think every projectile 
character in Overwatch is a little different. Some have similar speeds, but definitely the speed. And like for me, it's just the longer I play, the more I understand where someone's going to plan to run. Right, exactly. You know, you can kind of you can kind of guess where they're going to run, and then you're kind of shooting it to that spot. I do that a lot on junk on Junkrat too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a yeah, take practice, 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 practice. Um, all right, well let's uh let's talk about her uh, abilities, the hover jets. This is this is the jets that basically are activated by using your jump. And the move the movement speed is five point five meters per second. The duration is two seconds and the cooldown is two seconds. I don't actually know what that means, but why don't you explain to us how to use the the hover jets effectively? Um, so yeah, hover jets just a fancy way of you know saying she has an ability to fly, right? Um, so a prop, mm, yeah, kind of float, float or kind of drift down, <laughs> not like Valkyrie where uh, Mercy has. Um, but yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, I see a lot of players have problems with the hover jets where they they don't really understand how they can stay in the air for so long without um, sort of just dropping down and losing all their fuel eventually. Um, this is kind of remedied a little bit by a patch that came out that gave her a way more um, hover mobility in the air while using her hover jets, as well as uh, extending the amount of time she has in um, her hover jet. So honestly, it, it isn't so difficult as long as you... Here's here's why I think that lower uh, players tend to misuse their hover jets a lot, is because they're doing that kind of thing that I described before, where they're sort of floating around and trying to shoot at the person from a distance, when this is not when you, something you should be doing at all. If you are kind of playing in that playstyle again, where you're trying to dive on top of the opponent as opposed to shooting from them at a distance, you're slowly when you're shooting at them from distance, you're kind of just hovering there, and your your fuel is waning and waning and waning, and you don't want to be um, having that happen because that gives you a lot less uh, mobility options. That's kind of the main problem I see with uh, players who misuse the hover jet is just kind of a fundamental misunderstanding of Ferris playstyle. Do you like do you like fan? jump like do you just tap it do you like do you do it steady oh, or do you do it yeah, kind of absolutely staggered? don't hold it um if you just hold the button down i well i mean oh, of course you just you know shoot straight up uh, i i i tap it like periodically to keep myself at a level height and, and then you sort of just adjust from there uh, with where you need to go gotcha gotcha well uh that brings us into the jump jet which is kind of an addition to the hover jet and can be used in conjunction it's a it's a maximum range of 20 20 meters vertically and its cooldown is 10 seconds what can you tell us about this right um well for every dps character the mobility option is really important um so every dps character in the game has a mobility option sombra her translocator uh, tracer blinks and recall genji dash uh, mccree roll so on and so forth but ferris is truly unique in that She's she's she has the only mobility option that shoots her straight up into the sky. So this is a pure vertical um, mobility uh, uh, ability, which you know of course correlates with her playstyle and how you want to be playing this character. And with this, obviously, you're able to reach ledges and uh, climb heights that would take other DPS characters a, a really long time to do. Um, like Tracer, for example, she has almost no vertical mobility. So what what this means about you is that you're able to abuse the high ground really easily you're, you're able to take the high ground really easily and much faster than any of your opponents might be able to uh, so once you've got control of the high ground this opens you up to a lot of options you can defend the high ground so stop the enemies from being able to get to the position you, you're at 
or you can uh, knock knock them off the high ground, or you can have that as sort of a refuel station for your hover jets. If you're positioned at a high place, then you can consistently refuel your um, your hover jets when you need to because right you'd be going down and if you're going down onto the enemy from a high ground area you you're not expending hover jets for that whereas you're expending hover jets if you're um trying to climb up to uh, a high area so basically fair's um jump jet is the kind of only ver- vertical mo- mobility option in the game besides like I-, I would say genji dash and genji climb um so it opens her up to take high ground really easily which is very important and uh just curious, can you stack jump jet with hover jet? Like if you jump jet and then during hold your hover jets, do you get like more of a boost or is it a waste of Um You can't jets? use them at the same time. I, I, yeah, because it's it's an instant ability that just shoots you straight up. But you can you can hold down your um you can hold down your hover jets while the momentum from using the ability is still active. So you're you're still moving up. And yeah, it adds on to the vertical height that you're getting. Okay. Okay. Because I I'm I was kind of curious about that because I didn't know it was a complete waste to use them at all until the jump jet was completely done. I didn't know if it would stack. All right. Uh, let's uh, talk about the concussive blast because this is a uh, pretty important move for her. It's a it's a linear splash projectile. It does no no damage, only knockback. Its projectile speed is is fifty meters per second, so it's quite a bit faster than the thirty five meters per second on the rockets. Its area of effect is eight meters, and its cooldown is twelve seconds. And I do not believe you. Yeah, you definitely can't headshot, so it doesn't even do any damage. So why don't you help us un- understand concussive blast? Okay, so uh, we already talked about the verti- verti- uh, vertical mobility option for um, Pharaoh, which is going to be her hover jets, obviously, as well as her jump jet. But of course, horizontal uh, mobility is something that's really important too. And what I uh, what a lot of what I see consistently over and over and over again when I watch vods of people who want to send send in their fair vods to me for me to review them is I just see them use their concussive blast so arbitrarily. So when they're just fighting a soldier on the ground, they might just move them out of the way. You've not accomplished anything. You've, dipl- you've displaced him for maybe a second, and then he's just back to shooting you, and you die. So what I would love to see more is if fair players would start using their concussive blast on themselves. And this is something that maybe isn't intuitive to a lot of people because you're shooting something out of your gun. Usually when you shoot something out of your gun, you want it directed towards an enemy. The only uh, time I'd ever suggest that is if you're trying to, again, you know, of course, knock them off a ledge. We've you know all seen clips of Fair is knocking people off edges, but just arbitrarily, like just kind of displacing your enemy for a second or so, that really does not accomplish anything. You have to remember that concussive blast can also move you, and it's a it's an amazing horizontal movement option. Fair has nothing else in her kit that kind of uh, rock propels her so quickly. So of course you want to be using this um, offensively when you're trying to dive the enemy opponent off a wall or something to get yourself um, right up in their face. Uh, but you can also use it defensively, where you knock it off a wall to propel yourself backwards away from the action to try and get into some cover. I think that if a lot more fairs understood how to use Concussive Blast in this way to propel themselves instead of just blasting it away at the enemy, they'd be able to sur- survive a lot longer and their entire playstyle would be improved. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Like, it, Either you're trying for an, en- an environmental kill or you're trying to knock them off a ledge if you're using it 
on the enemy. If you're using it on yourself, can you kind of like explain a little bit how you actually accomplish using the concussive blast to shoot you in in different various directions? Well, the concussive blast propels you in the direction that is opposite to where you're shooting it. So if you're shooting it at a wall, you're not moving towards the wall. It doesn't suck you in there. It pushes you out uh, past it. So you need to be able to understand kind of just uh, like where you would shoot it to propel you in the opposite direction. So if you're shooting at a wall, you, you'd be expected to move in the opposite direction of the wall. Th- this kind of just comes a lot with, I guess, in map knowledge. So if you know where all the relevant positions are, all the relevant positions for you to actually be, start off your um, ascent. So what I like to do, uh, this is a general rule, is if you're trying to dive a hit scan opponent, um, and you're not on level ground with them, but you need to, they're on high ground and you're on low ground. What, what what I like to do is turn around, fire the concussive blast, which propels you horizontally, and then you follow that up with a jump jet. And that kind of curves you t- uh, up towards them to a position where now you've closed the gap between you, but you're also on top of them and you have high ground and it's very difficult for them to track you. It's definitely not something that's immediately easy. Uh, I've had to practice quite a bit and. You know, and especially if you're trying to do it fast, you have to, you know, you have to spin your character around super quick, shoot at the wall or at the ground or, you know, wherever the opposite direction is that that you're actually wanting to go. And it definitely takes uh, muscle memory to do it quickly. It's kind of like a crazy spin around flick shot, but you don't have to be as accurate. Right. Well, a lot of players like to play on low DPI. That's really useful if you're trying to play like a hit scan character. But if you're playing projectile or someone like Tracer, your, your turnaround rate is really important. So if you can turn around faster with a higher sensitivity and you're not putting so much focus on whether you can aim so much, Farah is definitely the character for you. If you like to play with high, high sensitivity, I, I would absolutely recommend Farah because the, the ability to just be able to turn around like this and use your concussive blast and just uh, sort of switch back and forth between targets, um, that is something that high sensitivity is more in line with. Whereas a, a low sensitivity is very um, focused on absolute pinpoint accuracy. But Farrah doesn't kind of rely on that kind of stuff. She has a lot of uh, splash damage. Her rocket hitbox is really big. So I think that playing on a high sensitivity would definitely alleviate a lot of those concerns about not being able to turn around fast enough after you're using uh, a concussive blast. Yeah, I actually I played for to like season three with uh, the default... 15 and 1600 dpi so i could like move with just like barely flicking anything but couldn't hit anything when i played soldier mccree so i actually moved it down i'm at 1604.5 which is kind of like an in between lots of the guys that do 1600 like the 2.5 setting but i'm kind of in between and it's hard for me to have different uh, sense sensitivities for different characters. So, oh right, absolutely. You should no matter what, you should not have different sensitivities for different characters. That'll absolutely uh, throw you off whack. Uh, currently, right now, I'm at nine sensitivity on the Overwatch client and 800 DPI uh, when I play Pharaoh. Gotcha. So that's that's I, I can't do the math in my head, but that's fairly similar to my 1600 4.5. I think. Yeah. Um. If it, if it's just a multiplier, then it would be exactly the same. It's not exactly a multiplier, but it's pretty. It's it's close. Okay. Oh yeah, it's a it's a long cooldown. So just using it on cooldown, it, you know, shooting at the enemy, you covered that. 
trying to think. There was something else I wanted to talk about on Concussive Blast, and I cannot think of it. All right, well, we can always come back to it. Let's move on to her impossible ultimate to get off nowadays. <laughs> it used to kill five people in the beginning every time, and now it's almost impossible to get off. Let's talk about it. It's a rapid-fire linear projectile. The damage is is... 40 damage per rocket. The rate of fire is 30 rockets per second. The projectile speed is 28.5 meters per second. The the movement speed of you is caster immobilized. The duration is three seconds. Can you headshot this? Uh, no, you cannot. No, okay. Well, let's just jump into it. Uh, start on when to use and when not to use and just give us any other tips you might have yeah um so the full the basic rundown of barrage is the only time the only circumstance when you'd ever want to use barrage is if they if the enemy hasn't already spotted you and if you're close to them so the reason i say this is there are there's so many factors that will immediately get you shot down out of the sky when you're trying to trying to use this ability if you're too far away and you initiate your barrage um the they you give them a lot of reaction time to turn around and either block your ability or shoot you down or both you know the other factor is if you are uh, if you are close to them but they've already spotted you before you press q so if they know where you are before you initiate your barrage you're dead there's nothing you can do it's absolutely you have no chance of survival and you have very little chance of actually getting anyone with your ult as well so the only condition in which you should ever use barrage is if they haven't already spotted you so you, you're, you're snuck behind them. They don't know where you are. You can easily pull off your barrage and you're close to them. You want to give them zero reaction time because her ultimate has maybe, I mean, some of the biggest damage potential. I think it's one of the most damaging ultimates in the game uh, next to maybe. Yeah, when, when I was reading the stats, I almost lost it yeah. when I read the, the 40 per rocket, then 30 rockets per second. I was like, okay, yeah. so that's 90 rockets total over the whole duration times 40. Woo. Um, Sorry, I just, I, I just had to interject that. <laughs> yeah, no. So it's crazy, but like a lot of that rocket damage does go to waste because um, a lot of it, again, is splash damage. It, it kind of detracts too far away from the opponents. And that's exactly why you want to minimize that and by getting as close to them as possible. Most of it actually lands onto the opponent as opposed to the side of them. Um, so those are your two conditions. Um, be, be hidden, be hidden before you use it, and be close to the enemy. And uh, if you have a Zarya on your team, let her know when you're going to do it because she can get some major charge if they do shoot you and it'll keep you protected. Oh, right. Also, right. Uh, absolutely, a mercy damage boost could be awesome. Uh, of course, Anna Nano turns most ultimates into awesome, most DPS ults. But now you can damage yourself by these rockets, so... Do you want to be like super close or do you want to be like within like 10 meters close? Um, well, yeah, 10 meters close or so. You just want to be close enough to them where you're, the maximum of your damage actually is output on them. I, I'm not very good with actual distances in game, but it's pretty intuitive to understand uh, how close the you you are to the ground and how you know wh when that splash damage can actually affect you. You can take yourself down really easily too if you're uh, too close to the ground. Um, but it, you, you should be able to intuitively understand, you know, how close is too close. 
Yeah, one thing that's really helped me uh, when they made the Lucio change, and you know that Lucio's aura goes out ten meters from him. That like really helped me understand the in-game meter system. You know? Oh yeah. No, actually, I, I didn't even consider that. But I, huh? Okay, I guess yeah, that's something I, play I, a, to consider. I play a lot of Lucio. So it's helped me a ton. It helps me, you know, know how how big different things are. Once you get into like thirty meters, that's a little harder for me to judge, but I can kind of judge it. It's I think thirty meters is a long way. I was playing Roadhog earlier today, and man, I freaking hit a hook that felt like it was way too far away. <laughs> um, but so uh, you should be trying to wombo it with you know your other teammates, like with one other ultimate. It's great with you know in conjunction with Zarya. When should you not use it, though? Um, so I mentioned, yeah, you shouldn't be using it uh, head-on, obviously, and you shouldn't be using it... Sorry, you shouldn't be using it head-on, and you shouldn't be using it too far away from them. Yeah, those are the two, two conditions that I mentioned. But uh, on top of that, uh, as well, you don't want to be using it... This is kind of a general rule for, for all ultimates, is you don't, you don't want to be using it um, in overkill circumstances. So if your Genji's already put, pulled out your blade, you're not using your Barrage. Don't do that. There's no point. As well as, I would say, another time you wouldn't want to use it. No, I, I think that's about it. So the two conditions I mentioned, and if you're overblowing your ult. Ultimate economy is really important. Um, if your Zarya pulls a grav and you haven't exactly communicated with her, she might pull, pull the grav for the Hanzo to use, and the Hanzo uses Dragon Strike, and you've just pressed Barrage, and now you're down an extra ult that you don't need to be. Um, yep. Yeah, it's a good tip for all of them. Uh, something I can think of is like, if you know Roadhog has hook up, you know, if you know McCree has flash, uh, flashbang up, like a good thing if you know you're going against characters like that, if you're watching it and you see him, you know, you see Hog use hook and you see McCree use flash, uh, flashbang, then that's probably a good time to jump in behind him and, you know, do your ultimate. Uh, right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't mention that, but um, that is that is definitely valid. You you do want to look out for when uh, maybe if Rhine Shield breaks, that's a really great time to use it. If Divas just use her defense matrix and and the things you're mentioning. Yeah, and especially with the recent changes of how they, you know, you lose your entire ult when you, when you get stunned on those certain you know type of characters, Roadhog. Uh, uh, you know, and 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 fair are examples of ones that if you get stunned, you lose the entire uh, ultimate. I mean, oh man, have you have you like lost your ult charges tracer yet? That's absolutely devastating. You have flashbang right after you use a pulse bomb. You've already thrown it out, but it, it just disappears. Like, oh uh, man, no, it's horrible. Yeah, I've had it. Uh, luckily, I haven't had a Lucio ult uh, interrupted yet which i've thought for sure that would be happen to me all the time but luckily it hasn't happened yet i'm sure i'm sure it will though but let's just move on to strengths and weaknesses we might have covered some of them but let's definitely reiterate and get any more that you might have so the immediate strengths of pharaoh again as i mentioned is um her vertical mobility that no one in the game can hope to contest um Except maybe Genji, but even then he can't. He can only stick to platforms. So, like, just three dimensional movement in general, Farah is the king at, or the queen at, I should say. And of course, dealing absurd amounts of damage at all times of play. Uh, her ability to just 
do the amount of damage that she does is uncontested by any other DPS if you're looking at just maximum um, potential. In terms of her ultimate, yeah, even her ultimate does a lot of damage. Again, it's really hard to, to pull off, though, so um, I, I would definitely say that Ganji's ult or Tracer's ult is a lot more efficient and a lot more reliable when it comes to that. Uh, but I guess that's that's transitioning us into weaknesses, is that our ult isn't very good. You want to be able to uh, combo it with your teammates, especially, like, if you have a Zarya, Zarya fair combos are absolutely incredible. Um, even maybe uh, almost as much as a Pharmacy combo. A Pharmacy combo is amazing, but you're able to land that grab with your barrage, and you have a shield on top of you to prevent you from uh, dying during your barrage. That is just a, a miracle. Like, I don't think any team could possibly escape Monster. that. Monster. Yeah. Monster. It feels bad when you get hit with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as her other weaknesses, uh, she's very she's a very exposed character if you don't um, play her right. So the problem with the amount of options she has to move about in the air as such is that she also has that many options to like have poor positioning. So low, low elo players will exploit the amount of movement she has, but also not understand that that opens them up to so many different lines of fire, which means that you need to really understand her positioning and get it down. You, it's it's a very delicate balance being between being very aggressive and very passive. And what I mean by that is you want to be very passive in the sense that you don't want to just be floating around having people shoot at you. You want to always be in cover until you're ready to attack. But once you're ready to attack, you go all in. There's You have nothing holding you back. Because if you have anything holding you back, that makes it that much easier for the enemy to shoot you down immediately. This is funny because like, I always thought to myself that Farah should never be on the ground. But now that, you're, now that you've, you know, laid this out like this i realized that i was like what am i thinking like well, why would you want to be a big target in the sky the entire time <laughs> well i wouldn't say that she'd be directly on the ground but uh, maybe one or one or two meters above the opponent that is the that is a very good um part, place for you to be uh, being being horse horizontally to your opponent that's not very good either if you if you're directly on top of her have you ever tried to track a pharaoh or a genji that's just hopping over you left and right it's impossible to try and track them yeah, it's probably a little easier to hit shots the lower you are when you're straight up above them. Right, it's kind of yeah. hard to get that. It's kind of hard to get that shot off and really track where they're going. You can't really shoot into doors. Yeah, shooting into doors and stuff like that chokes is she's awesome. Oh yeah, I should mention that too. Is um you you offer yourself up for a lot of free damage. Uh, and all charge when you just shoot into common chokes that they come out of. I can't tell you how many kills I've just gotten shooting into the spawn door of Numbani with a damage boost on, or even without a damage boost on, but they just happen to come out at, at a wrong angle, and I got a kill straight off the bat. <laughs> so fair is uh, sometimes really easy to exploit that way. Again, and that just kind of plays into the strength of how much raw damage she has. And as far as weaknesses, I would say that's that's, I guess, having a projectile uh, is an inherent weakness of Pharah. Uh, playing against Hitscan is always going to be more difficult. There are plays. There are definitely ways you can work around it. I think that Soldier and McCree are very easy Hitscans to play against. I think that Widow, especially a good Widow, is um, sometimes nearly impossible to play against if they if they know how to position well. You want to employ the same kind of strategy against them, where you, um, when once you start playing aggressively, you go all in as fast as you can. You want to play that strategy. But the problem is they're usually so. Like far position back, it's difficult to even begin that strategy before you're shot down. Yeah, they're like if they're good, you should probably just switch. <laughs> yeah, because it's gonna be a bad day for you, and you're the easiest target. I play a little bit of Widow and 
Farah's and flying Mercy's, unless Mercy's and Valk are awesome to shoot at. And, and believe it or not, Genji's are really awesome to shoot at too because they fall just like the, the same rate every time. Yeah, I want to know. I'm a terrible widow. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not good, but <laughs> I've gotten better. Uh, and the fairs seem to be pretty easy compared to other shots because the fair you just have a lot more time to track than flick. Whereas someone running through a doorway, you only have that split right. second to shoot them. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, what are some common mistakes that a new fair player would make? And I know we've mentioned a few, but just go ahead and chime some off for us. Yeah, I think we've uh, covered uh, pretty much most of them. Um, so just going through, there, there's fair again opens herself up to a lot of potential mistakes in positioning, given how much how many options she has um, for movement. The less options you have, the less mistakes you can make. Um, but when so again, positioning, don't be floating around in the air like that. Um, play passive, play as po- passive as possible, always behind cover. Uh, but then when you're ready to attack, you want to be as aggressive as possible and eliminate the gap between you and the hitscan as, as much as possible. Other common mistakes, again, is would just be using uh, Concussive Blast arbitrarily. Don't ever do that. It's a 12-second cooldown. You're sacrificing such an important ability um, for nothing, for a second of them being displaced to the side and you getting shot down, when you could have used that to save yourself or to knock them off a cliff. Um in terms of her barrage, yeah, her barrage, even I have problems with her barrage, honestly. There's just this kind of primal instinct that comes out of you when you see potentially a good opportunity for barrage, and you just press Q immediately. But uh, I need to work on that, too. You need to think about your actual situation before doing it. Like, oh, man, do they have abilities up? Um, have they seen me before? I'm, I'm about to press this button. Uh, uh, yeah, and then if you don't do that well, um, immediately all your all charge down the drain, and they've just secured another kill on you. Um, I th- yeah, and it's and it's hard. Like, I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, I'm Reaper. I'm coming over the top. I just happen to see three of them right there, and they're all squishies. And I'm <laughs> right. like, and I don't even think about the fact that one of them's McCree and has flash and has 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 flashbang up, and that uh, awesome three kill just turned into getting them all to half life and me getting stunned and dying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. So as far as other mistakes, I don't think there is anything to cover. It's mainly mainly just the barrage, the concussive blast, and the positioning. All right. Well, any pro tips you might have? Oh, additional pro tips. Um, I would say that you really need to work into yourself this kind of confidence when you're playing Farah. Farah is a very alpha character. You have to assert your dominance constantly over the enemy team. If you play passive, you're always going to lose. You're always going to lose against hitscan if you play passively. Uh, in terms, uh, well, of course, when you're when you're in a, in a firefight with them, when you're not in a firefight with them, you do want to play passive before you initiate your attack. But you have to build in this confidence of yourself. You might have worked into your head before, especially for me. I came from League of Legends where um, dying to the enemy gave them 300 gold, and you know, depending on the kind of bounty you had as well. And that could snowball them to something. Or dying in Overwatch is not as consequential. It's pretty consequential. But it, you open yourself to, up to dying a lot easier when you play passively. So if you play aggressive as possible at Farah, I think that that is the kind of playstyle that fits her kit the best. Yeah, the worst is what I'm... When I'm the one that's on soldier duty going after Farah, and like I'm like, where's she at? I can't see her. I can't see her. <laughs> 
the worst. And then uh, now that you mention it, the ones that are the pain to kill are the ones that I could just never see. And they're only coming out, you know, when, you know, like they, they know I'm in other positions and it's pain. And one soldier going against a good Farah, if you don't have any help from your team, it's not as easy as many think. Um, well, why don't you give us the final thoughts on Farah, and we'll start to close out the show. Well, uh, my final thoughts on Farah are going to be perfectly biased because I've played her for so long and I, I just love her playstyle so much. <laughs> but um, I think she's an excellent character that uh, that is very unique in her playstyle. And um, a lot of uh, perhaps characters that, or uh, a lot of people that like playing characters like uh, Tracer, Genji, Soldier, or McCree, they might want to expand their hero pool too um, because she has a very unique playstyle. And that can be very frustrating for some people to play against if you master her very well. Um, all in all, I think, you know, she's a well-designed character. I think that she has a lot of uh, easy counters, but you can work around them uh, with enough practice. Yeah, I really hated her for a long time and just wanted her deleted from the game. But <laughs> as you start to learn the game more, you also start to learn to hide more, have better positioning, which also hurts the pharaohs going up, uh, up uh, against you. So... I do think she's a pretty good character, and I do like her quite a bit now. So, well, we're going to go ahead and move on to closing out the show, unless you have anything else. Um, That's about all I have to say. All right, cool. Well, I'd like to encourage the audience, if you have any questions or comments about the show, you can email, at a, you can email us. The address is contact at preparetoattack.com. Uh, I'm going to turn it over now. Uh, let you talk about Wawa's boot camp. Yeah, so um, I am a coach from Wawa's boot camp. Uh, I think all uh, is it true in saying that all the coaches that have come to talk on this um, podcast, uh, prepared attack, come from Wawa's boot camp. Yes, yes, it is a. This is this podcast is in direct collaboration okay, with Wawa's. Cool. Yeah, so I think Wawa's boot camp is a really cool community. Uh, it's very open. Um, you have discords like you know Cal League and the Overwatch that restrict their invites to um, other other people on Discord, but we're absolutely an open community. Anyone can come in, uh, talk to coaches, um, and it's really just a place where we encourage improvement. Uh, I think that if you want to improve, that's in your own hands, and you basically have the most responsibility to try and improve yourself. But uh, having said that, we, we provide a lot of opportunities for students to improve in so many different ways. You can talk to coaches, ask coaches questions, there are so many different channels for discussion on these different topics. Um, you can ask a coach. A, a lot of coaches, especially me, I'm open um, always if anyone ever wants to send me a VOD for me to review um, on Fair or Tracer or something. Um, if you want to come and uh, improve the game, this is a place where you can do that. You can definitely come in and improve the game. Like We're just open to all kinds of people. Um, no matter what you like to play, we, we have... Yeah, no, we're just open. And... Everybody I've ever met has been very, very welcoming and accepting and no one's going to make fun of you or try and belittle you. They're, they're, they're doing this for free because they want to help the community as a whole get better at the game. So I encourage everybody to definitely go there. Uh, you can get there at discord.gg slash Wawa's Bootcamp. That's W-A-W-A-S Bootcamp. 
Uh, you can also follow him on social media at at Wawa's Bootcamp. Uh, and you could also go to wawasbootcamp.com. So uh, Wawa's also works with mayhem.gg. It's a website that you send your VODs to and the coach can work on you, work on the VOD with you in real time. You can ask him questions. It's a, it's a really cool tool. So I encourage you guys to check out mayhem.gg. If you want more from me or the other guy that runs this show, Ja, you can find us uh, weekly on Watchpoint Radio. It's on every podcast platform you can think of. Uh, but we also stream live every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Central Standard Time on twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. Uh, you can find me at on Twitter at blazon underscore Bob. That's B-L-A-Z-Z-I-N underscore B-O-B. You can find me on Twitch at blazon Bob. Where can we find you? Um, well, in terms of content creation, I'm uh, a little bit lacking. I'm trying to move a little more into that field. Uh, if you want to catch my stream, if I plan on actually having a, a regular uh, stream schedule at some point, you can um, uh, follow me at twitch.tv slash streams. So that's L-U-C-A-N-E streams. Um, but if you ever want to talk to me about improving at the game, um, you can, again, just come to Wawa's Bootcamp. Uh, I'll just be at the right of the Discord list. Uh, my name is Solarius, so you can look at my Discord tag. Solarius number 2821. If you want to message me about any questions you might have, I'm always open to talk. Awesome. And did you mention the Twitter? Um, I don't really use Twitter that much. Okay, cool. Uh, I'd like to encourage the audience to help us out and go to iTunes and leave a five-star, hopefully, review. Uh, tell us what you liked about the show, what you didn't like, what you'd like to see. Uh, we're always open for constructive crit criticism. And I would really like to thank uh, Sol Solarius for taking time to come and talk to us about Play Nice, Play Farah today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure. All right, guys. We will see you on the next one. <laughs>